From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Collins Sabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, thank you so much for this morning. What a privilege it is and a blessing it is to be here in Madia, this wonderful church. Thank you for the congregation. Everyone who has uh, come out, patronized, been uh, consistent with the meetings, I pray that this final session you will deposit something even greater into our spirits and that we will not leave your presence the same as we came. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. A little lighter, if possible. Well, good morning and praise the Lord to you all. Um, it's good to be here. It's our final session for the season. And it's been a wonderful um, privilege. It's been a wonderful blessing. I want to thank once again our wonderful, great host, the Reverend Aubrey Skeet, for his love, his hospitality, and the grace of God upon his life. Oh, come on, give it up, give it up. Much, much, much better. God bless you, Reverend Skeet, and your dear wife for having us here in Maria. I mean, God does great things, but he always needs somebody to uh, be used as a vessel. And um, like I said, my last time here was about eight years ago. Uh, one of my, my first secretary, actually, um, Abigail is her name. She's now based in Batica. She was the one who uh, was able to arrange with Reverend Skeet. And we came in here with the books. We came to, you know, uh, make the books known so that people can have access. But sometimes when you're very far, even Bibles. I remember I was coming from Suriname the other day. And um, there's a gentleman who works at a Sterling. And uh, he was telling me, when he realized I was a pastor, he was, you know, sharing a few things with me. He's a pastor himself, and he asked for a new King James version of the Bible. I mean, he says that, and of course, he's Surinamese. He has a Suriname Bible and all of that. Um, but he has the King James, but he prefers the new King James, and he doesn't know how to get it. It's amazing. I said, don't worry, I'll get it. And I have the Bible for him. I just have to give to one of the bus drivers to drop it for me when they go. So sometimes when you are far, um, you can see it. The road proves that you are very far. (laughs) Interestingly, interestingly, last night, I was running through Instagram, and I saw a memorandum of understanding, MOU, signed between the government of Guyana and a Brazilian company to do the road from London to Maburuma. Mabura. 126 kilometers or so with lights and bus stops and all those things. A place for 190, 190 million US dollars. I said, wow, it's a blessing. I hope they do it quick and do it soon so that from at least from London to Mabura, no sweat. And by the grace of God, maybe they will come up here because. Anytime I get a chance with uh, the Minister of uh, Public Works, 
Oh, I will say it. I will say it with all my heart. How can Madia be a town and you don't have a road to Madia? I mean, as we are going to leave, you know, as much as we believe God is going to take us, we are concerned that <laughs> we will go and we will go. I was just talking to one of the bus drivers who passed us, you know, um, another thing, the old ones. Ian is the name, right? He said going is easy. I hear somebody also say going is not easy at all. I said, rest yourself, we will go. <laughs> and so I want to just thank, you know, Reverend Keith and the church for allowing us here to um, share uh, with you about give thyself fully. Make sure that if you're a minister, if you're a minister, uh, you join the association. It's just $5,000 every year. It's cheap. Yeah. $5,000 every year. It's a lot of, a lot of, I don't know, iron sharpened iron. So that's one, the countenance of his friend. So Sister Trevisia is at the back. Um, you know, just make sure that you register and be part. Because of the nature of the association, we have to accept that we can probably only meet once a year, all of us physically. The rest will be WhatsApp, you know, Zoom, phone call. But hey, you can have a relative in America, you hardly see them, but you are still connected. That's how we're going to do it. And of course, materials and any help, any help, any help. For example, one of our members, um, Pastor Samuel McPherson, who is um, God's Grace International Pentecostal Church in Veve, uh, in Maikoni. Um, he, he, he just ordered 40 loyalty and disloyalty books. We actually don't have 40, so we have only 30. He's having a loyalty conference in his church. So he's ordered 40 loyalty and disloyalty books for his church members. He's going to preach from loyalty and disloyalty. What do you think about that? It's beautiful. That is, that is the intention, that the materials will be taken over because as for church work, it's very broad. And the one that God has given to us, he has, as our founder, he is very, I mean, he has the grace. You know, he's, 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 um, he's a Ghanaian. His mother is Swiss. His mother is from Switzerland. The father is Ghanaian. And um, in Ghana, there are a lot of pastors. A lot of, a lot of, it's not a joke at all. You have a lot of big men. There's somebody that I'm sure you probably know, the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. You may probably have seen him on, on, on Facebook or uh, YouTube before. He, he's the Archbishop. In Ghana, we only have one Pente- charismatic or Pentecostal Archbishop. And when we say Archbishop, it's not, it's not a title. It's the vastness of his calling and what he does. His church is big. There's no president who he doesn't pray for. Presidents call him to pray for them. Big, I mean, strong man. However, this our founder is the only person in Ghana who has a lot of churches worldwide. Like we have church in Guyana. There's no Guyanian pastor who has a church in Guyana. We're in Guyana, we're in Suriname, we're in Barbados, we're in St. Lucia, we're in St. Kitts, St. Vincent, we're in Jamaica, Trinidad and Tobago. And, and counting, we're in every continent Philippines, Sri Lanka we're in Africa, we're in Europe we're in a, all over a few Guinean based ministries a few, if any can compare to him in terms of the rich worldwide rich so um, he, is, he has a very rare gift that we really appreciate God uh, for we have a Bible seminary in Ghana where some of the pastors went to. 
Um, it's also something that we are opening up to give thyself holy pastors association. I th- I'm thinking that if you have any leaders in your church who feel they are called and they want to go to full-time Bible school, we can help you send them to Africa, West Africa, Ghana. It is also on top of a mountain like how we are here. It's cold. You have to wear a jacket in the night. Very, very cold. Very beautiful campus. I don't know if you have more pictures. Uh, Bible seminary. So that's one of the things that we will open up only to give thyself holy pastors association. They are, they are members, maybe they are children. If they want to enter into ministry, you go for three years. You know, it's, it's a scholarship program, but I think you pay just a few things. But accommodation, tuition, all of that is free for three years. It's not beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get a few more pictures. And so that is even one of the ideas behind the Pastors Kids Unlimited. Very soon you see Pastors Kids Unlimited. It's coming live. We're going to take care of Pastors' children. Uh, when I was in Kokwani, um, the last session when I was coming out, Pastor Court, uh, Simeon, you know, um, introduced me to his son. The first son. He, everybody was inside. A few people were sitting outside. He was sitting outside during the service. And then Pastor, Pastor Court told me that he's running away from God. And I can identify with it because pastor's children. It's not easy for pastor's children. It's not a simple thing at all. And let me tell you, there's nobody. It's, it's, it's a place where you can't, it's not very easy to, to, to entertain a pastor's child. I mean, a man of God's child. You need an anointing to step into a, a pastor's family. You know, but many pastor's children, just as pastor's wives and pastors, suffer. If there's a book that, um, I don't know, Max, you don't have the area view. I'm sure you find it. But there's a book that my father, the ministry, has written. We don't have the hard copies here. Um, Liz, remind me, we should speak to the U.S. and see, um, I was sure, see if we can get Macario 60. I think that book is inside. If you get a few copies, it won't be bad at all. There's a book that my father has written. It's called The Beauty, The Beast, The Pastor, and The Pastor. This is a book about pastor's marriages, which many people don't, don't preach or teach about. A lot of pastors suffer in their marriages. You will know because you're a church member. And this book was written by Doug Ewart Mills, who has over 3,000 pastors. So you can understand. Somebody who has 3,000 pastors who are all married, you can understand what he knows. Yeah. In this book, he starts by saying, if you are not a pastor or you are not a pastor's wife, please don't read this book. Give the book to a pastor or his wife. <laughs> it's very serious. It's very, very serious. Pastors sometimes suffer in marriages nobody knows. Who, who are they going to tell? You? A pastor can't tell you his marital problems. How can your pastor tell you his marital problems? Do you understand? That is an area as much as a pastor's child. So many things that we can talk about but that is probably not a scope this morning. And so, an Akazo Bible Seminary, if you get a few more pictures, you can show it. It's also a very good place to go. The plan is that the pastor's kids, I think that God wants to, if, if we're going to have Guyana saved and have a great impact on Guyana, we need to have levels of ministry from fathers to sons, and from sons to another level of sons. We can't have... If you look at it, those who know George, I think Pastor, Pastor, uh, um, um, Pastor Moore knows about George. So this is, 
This is part. This is not all. You can't capture all in one. It's such a big place that you can't have one picture. That's, that's like the assembly hall. Sometimes we, we do give the assembly holy conferences there. It's called the Great Hall. And um, yes, this is an area view of the current. You can see how beautiful it is? Yeah, so that is built for us, our shepherd house, our church. We call ourselves the United Denominations, different denominations. Uh, that's for us. But we, we, you know, we encourage other ministries, other pastors. And there are so many uh, other ministries that send their leaders there for a three-year program. And you come out with a ministry, um, diploma in ministry. Your ministry will never be the same again. So this is a compound. That, that, that's not all. There are other stretches. There are other developments that... Um, were not captured at the time of this zoo, uh, drone uh, uh, footage that we have, we have here. So if you're interested, your leaders are interested, all you have to do is that you have to just support them on a monthly basis. You know, send them something every month, you know, maybe like a little $10,000 or something every month. They'll survive. They'll be good. You'll learn a lot of things. When they come back, they're going to be an extension of your ministry. It's very important as ministers and as pastors to have... A, a, a posterity plan, a succession plan. Okay? If you look at, I was going to say that, if you look at Georgetown, we have seen some old pastors affect Georgetown, but there's nobody behind them. There's nobody behind them. That's the, the dean of the, of the school. Uh, that was a video he was, you know, inviting people to um, apply. So we have some information about the school. We will, we will send it to members only. Members only on the platform or individually, so that you can have time and, and, and go through it. All right? So this is the entrance to the school. Work for the Lord. That's the theme there. Work for the Lord. We work for the Lord. We work for the Lord. That's what we work for the Lord. That's why we have come here with our cars yesterday, meeting after meeting, tonight, we come this morning, and after here we are on the road going. Tomorrow morning we are in church. Yeah. Work for the Lord. Work for the Lord. Because a time comes where you die, there's no more work sleep and then you rest in peace hallelujah these are some of the um you know the premises in front of the buildings beautiful place you will be blessed so i was saying that if you look at i mean um great men like reverend john smith you know um bishop messiah all these big men newtown assemblies prophet brown um cloud brooks all these wonderful guys um Elsworth Williams, Apostle Elsworth Williams, who's also aging. When I see him, I realize that he's, he's getting old. You know, the, the question is, who are the younger ones who are in line? Like an Elijah and an Elisha, or a Moses and a Joshua. You hardly see people around. And you know that Reverend John Smith has affected Guyana. There's building a loan on Church Street it tells you diplomat center. What he has a lot of people who are now on their own came from that church. Prophet Brown, New Life Ministries in Queenstown. I hear he came from Central Assembly. Yes. Pastor Pereira on Echoes. A building with a glass front with a cross. I don't know who is the assistant and who is going to step in when he gets older. That plan is not there because the younger ones are not being encouraged to enter into ministry like how we entered into ministry at a certain younger age. And so the Pastors Kids Unlimited program or movement that we are starting as a sister organization to give ourselves holy is going to ensure this because otherwise when we go like Elisha, 
Elisha entered the grave. That was it. Did you hear anything that, oh, just like Elijah handed over to Elisha, Elisha handed over to somebody. Elisha did not have anybody faithful to hand over to him. He went into the grave with anointing. Are you with me? So, it's very important as we are encouraging pastors also to have people to step in. Maybe you are not a pastor's child, but you know, you're close to your pastor because your pa- you don't have to be the pastor's child to see your pastor as a father. And that you're attracted to his work, his ministry, you admire him. It's a good place. It's, it's nice to admire a pastor. You can't only admire rich people. Uh, Mr. Heinz, you have a you know, hotel and gas station. That's what you admire. You want to be like Mr. Heinz. I mean, also, we should also want to be like Reverend Skeet and Pastor Moore here and Bishop Collins. You want to be like us too. So you can also take an entourage on the mountain and come to Madia. It's, it's admirable. Yeah, it's the only money that is interesting. These things, challenges are also very admirable. And that's what we, we do. So you see that my father in the ministry, there, is, there are other younger, younger, younger. Like in my church, I'm, I'm, some, some of these young guys that I came, I'm two years old. I'm, I'm, I'm two times their age. Where's Gerald? He's not here yet. Pastor Joshua, he's in his 20s. He's a pastor. Yeah, by the time I am getting old, when I get to 70, he'll be in his 40s or 50s. And we plan to every year, for us as a, as a, <laughs> for us as a church, every year we send people to Ghana. We're sending about five people to Ghana this year. The whole, you know, some demon entered in there and it became a whole complicated issue. But we're still working on it. Every year we send people. We've sent 47 people already in the, in the past few years. To go to Ghana, become pastors. Come, some come and they fall down. Some stand. Some, some they they, they bend. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like planting seeds. When you plant seeds, not every seed that comes up. But you don't. You are not discouraged as a farmer to stop planting seeds. Are you with me? And so our intention is to continue to invest in each other and in younger people and in older people, so that there is going to be continuous ministry. If you are not there any longer, who takes over? I mean, I can, st- I can stay here tomorrow. I don't have to go to town. I don't know about your church, but my church, I can stay here. Because <laughs> I have an assistant who can preach tomorrow. Yeah. Somebody I have who gave his life to Christ in the church. Who is with me? I sent him to Ghana. He's back. He's a reverend minister. He's the one who held the interview. I think Reverend Skeet was talking about the interview. We had an interview with you know, Radio Maria, uh, NCN, about the program. Keith, he's the one who had an interview. He, he did a good interview. I just have my, a few points that I'll tell him about. But <laughs> he did a good job. He's there. If I'm not there, he'll preach. He'll preach. People will be excited in the church. And so I am good because like King David... By the time I rest with my fathers, I have somebody to succeed me, King Solomon. And it's very important that when you die, your name does not go away. Because God renews his covenant from generation to generation. Yeah, we say, we only emphasize on curses. The curses run from generation. Some people believe so strong in generational curses that they don't even believe anymore in generational blessings. <laughs> But there are generational blessings too. 
that your grandfather's blessings can fall upon your father and it can fall upon you. It can also run through uh, uh, generations. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I don't know about Mr. Hines and his children and all of that, but sometimes when people do these big things, when they are not there, they don't have anybody to take over. When they die, they die with their gift. And then two, three years later, you say, hey, is this Mr. Hines' business? Oh, God. That's what people say. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. Most of the time, people who are successful don't have good people to take over from them when they are no more. It's a major problem in, 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 in life. Are you, are, you, are you with me? Wonderful. So, don't forget, give thyself holy register. There are so many things that we have in store. And then Pastor's Kiss Unlimited. We are planning a conference in July. If you are a pastor, you have a kid, um, invite him. Let him come to Georgetown. We'll have it in Georgetown. I believe that it will be a blessing. Um, this morning, for about 45 minutes, by the grace of God, I want to um, share with you about marriage. Marriage. From the Model Marriage book, which I would like to have here, Joshua. They didn't give me any book again. Uh, finish, finish the books. <laughs> it's sold out. Okay. So I'm just sharing with you from this book. I think a few of you uh, got a copy of it. If you're a pastor, if you run a church, it's very, very important. I met, I met a pastor. I'll mention his name so that it doesn't look like I'm saying, I'm, 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 you know, I, I like to mention people's names so that I look real. Because as a foreigner growing up in Guyana, people think that I don't know anything. So there's a pastor called um, um, Timothy King, Dominion House, if you know him. He, when I met him a few years ago, he was so fond of this book because he said the apostle that, uh, the apostle who he was enjoy, whose covering he was enjoying, you know, in Guyana Island, there's something called covering, 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 covering. Chale, you have to cover yourself. <laughs> covering, Chale, you know what you are, you are, what you are covering yourself with? <laughs> He said his, his covering an apostle, he had asked him for something on marriage, you know, so that he can, uh, you know, use it in his church. He said, till, till what? Till Adam or till kingdom come. The apostle was never able to give him any manual on marriage counseling. So when he met me and I introduced him to this book, oh Lord, he fell in love with this book. Every married couple in his church, he bought, he bought a copy of this book for. Yes. Yeah. And it was his custom that those who come to his church and who are migrating as a couple, he makes sure that they have a book like this before they leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastor Timothy King, Dominion House. You know, he's there. An old friend. I don't see him anymore, but he's around. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so you need this book. You are a pastor. Don't. You see, we have accepted a lot of single parenthood, fornication, common law, as a, as, as a custom and as a tradition. But you see that when it comes to God, when it comes to the church, all traditions bow down to the tradition of the scriptures. It is only because we put aside uh, the, the, the gospel, the, 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 the Bible, and then uphold our, our things. That is why we, are, we don't go seriously into certain topics. That when you go into them, people think that you are trying to rough their feathers or something. But marriage... Is God ordained? Yes. 
Marriage is ordained by God. And marriage is any day better than you living with somebody without a covenant. Do you understand? As much as we are used to it, as much as some cultures in the country and all over the world, some cultures entertain all forms of staying together and living together, that is your way. But God has his way. And the Bible says there's a way that Proverbs chapter 16 verse 24 or 14. The Bible says that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So I, I, I can't force you, I can't kill you, I can't push you, but God's ways are better than our ways. I said God's ways are better than our ways. So if you meet a woman and then you love her and you stay with her, it is not a problem. Right? You can come to church, maybe you can even be baptized, you can even drink communion and all of that, but Charlie, something is still wrong about how you're living. I mean, I love you, I'll come to your house and pray for you, I'll dedicate your house, I'll come and do thanksgiving, I'll treat you like a normal person, but at the back of my mind, I know that there's something wrong about how you are living. And I'll preach, and preach about some of those things, without having you in mind, or if I have you in mind too, it's okay. Because ministry or being a pastor is to lead a group of people on a particular path. The Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restored my soul. He said he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And so a pastor leads a congregation on the right path. Not the rivers. Not the rivers. That's what people say. I remember many years ago, people used to tell our, 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 our people in the church that our church is a cult. It's a cult. He said, our church is a cult. And the reason why they're saying it's a cult is that they, they don't seem to have a, a grip on the people. The people seem to be connected to me in a certain way that you can't easily speak to them wrong things to, me, to them about me. So they say, ah, we can't, talk to, we can't talk about your pastor. We can't tell you anything about your church. Why should you tell me something about my church? When, when I go to the church, if I don't go there, then maybe I can gossip or talk names. But if I belong to the church, now, ladies and gentlemen, you think about it. How would you allow somebody to say something bad to you about your husband? Or your man, not husband, your man. You can't do that. But when it comes to the church, somebody can say something bad to you about the pastor. No, he should not be allowed to do that. But you see, people don't understand these things. That, so when you talk about them and you practice them, people think that the pastor has done something to you. One day somebody said that, me, I have spat in somebody's mouth. That's why they don't want to say anything bad about me. Like I do, open your mouth. That's what I've done to the person. Can, can, you, can you believe these things? But I'm saying that if it's your fella, they'll never say something stupid like that. Because generally, people don't respect pastors and churches in Guyana. They don't respect pastors and churches. I wish this was Sunday morning. <laughs> I'll talk to only the light, of light for the lost only people only. I would have said a lot of things, but... 
<laughs> At least a few that are here, you know, it's Amanda and Co. I'm sure you are learning something. We should hold our pastor in high esteem. You see, the people that I work with, the people that are in my church, they love me and they honor me. <laughs> they love me and they honor me. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. On my birthday, and let me just say this. I'm talking about marriage, but let me just say this. I feel like saying this. I feel like saying this. Let me say it. Let's put the marriage aside for five minutes. <laughs> On your pastor's birthday, you should honor him. Wherever you are, whichever church, whichever branch, your pastor's birthday is a major day. If it doesn't fall on Sunday, the next Sunday after, so if the pastor's birthday is a Tuesday, the Sunday after the Tuesday, the, the church should be decorated. We must cook up, cook down, cook on the side, food, drinks, party, and then throw down. And then bashment. <laughs> Holy Ghost bashment. <laughs> and then we have a nice service. You know, you take some testimonies. How they have been affected by the pastor. How he has been a blessing to you. Take a few testimonies. Do a big cake. A cake of Madia. Look, Madia map. Do a cake of Madia map. <laughs> and put the, the pastor's picture on it. Charlie, I am asking for, I'm going to have spies in Maria to take pictures and send it to me. Sister, Sister Amanda, you are my, I tell you, I'm going to call you. Please take her number for me. No, do you, do you, do you see what God is trying to do here? I, 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 the, the, the man of God's birthday is in eight days. I didn't even know. It's even late. But Sister Amanda, if it doesn't go well, I will come to Madia for you, I tell you. I'll come to Madia for you. No, 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 no. Your pastors, you see, we have to reverse what I call a curse. It's a curse not to honor pastors. It's a curse. So I'm describing to you, I'll, Sister Amanda, I will send you a list. One, two, three, four, five. Big cake. Get a Reverend Ski's picture. This is you can bake the picture on the cake and put a big cross in the middle of the cake as a candle. They bring it forward. And then you bring him and his wife and his children and they cut the cake. Then when you finish, you take an envelope. The most important part is the drink and the cake, you are going to eat some. You have to get something that you won't eat some. And that's an offering. Everybody in the church must bring money. Anybody who doesn't give money, mark them. They are demons. <laughs> You will know from then who loves the pastor and who doesn't love the pastor. <laughs> yes. As much as maybe Pastor Aubrey might not need it or even want it, I will change his car for him. I will change his car for him. Ah! How can a man of God live here in Madia? 
And then people who, who, are, who have devils and demons and uh, sinless and people, they drive cruises and things. The man of God, if he wants to go down to town, then you see that all these people look at pastors and churches in a very poor way. If I was to speak here on a Sunday morning, I would tell the people, you have to change the pastor's car. Maybe if not this year, next year. Because God forbid, if you lose him now, you lose something all. If you lose the pastor now, you be said. You say you never miss the water until the well what? No, we are wise people in the church. The Bible says you have to be wise as serpents. Don't wait until that which is important to you, you lose it before you cry. No, 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 no. Strengthen what blesses you, and let it stay with you longer. And that's what we teach in our churches. Yeah, that's what we teach in our churches. I, I, I a big car doesn't do anything really, but it, 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 it changes the image of your pastor. It puts him in a certain position. I mean, if I go for meetings and I park my car, you see that people look around. Of course, I'm a man of God. What do you expect? I should walk in with some old car. PAA, 111. You know when PAA was in use? PAA is your uh, Adam's days. Pastor's meeting, and your pastor, your pastor that you say, that is my pastor. He's not your pastor. You don't love him. He goes into a meeting with PAA number plate. When the last number is PZZ. It's from A to Z. How, how, how? God is not going to bring a vehicle for your pastor. The church members must do it. And you can do it. In Madia, there's gold. You can do it. How much is a vehicle? How much is a vehicle? How much is a vehicle? It's nothing. If you buy a cruiser, a pickup, it's, duty is just $2,000. Those who drive the pickups, duty, if you buy it from the States or you buy it from Japan, you, sh- you buy it, you ship it. Duty, GRA duty is $2,000 flat, US dollars, which is about 400 and something thousand. So the cruisers, their duties are not us. They're even the small, small cars that we drive. Because the small cars, you can pay one point something million as duty. If you know these things. That's why people go for that. Tundras and Tacomas and, and Titans, that's why they go for that. Because duty is just $400,000 flat. Because it's a commercial vehicle. Yeah, yeah, pastor can have one of that. And he has his little car that he drives around Madia. And when he's going for a meeting or conference somewhere, ah, he's even pulling people out of the mud, man. Come on. Well, in the name of Jesus, I believe so. I believe so. So organize a birthday party nice. Let me tell you. When I started our church 17 years ago, my birthday gift in terms of money I can't tell you how much it has increased. No, everybody brings money together. Everybody brings money together. So if I have, let's say, 50 people, everybody brings together like 5,000. That's 250,000. Which doesn't do anything anyway. What is 250,000 for a big man? Every big man has big life. (laughs) Every big man has big life. So... It's oh, 250,000 as a birthday gift. What? That's enough money. It is not enough money. My wife's nails alone is 50,000. <laughs> Chinike. <laughs> you can ask them when you go to the salon, by the time from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, when you leave there, ask how much it costs. Ah, I wink. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, so well, I just want to quickly run through. 
um, biblical reasons for marriage. Why we should marry. Well, what, what is the Bible reason for marriage? Because when I find a young lady and I like her and I want to be with her, I mean, I don't care what my mother says. I don't care what my father says. I don't care what the church says. I don't, the, pastor, what the pastor says, my foot. I love the girl. I want to day with she. That's all. Minga for tell nobody. Minga for ask nobody no permission. I is a man myself. I just work hard for me money. <laughs> no, 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 no. When you become a Christian, you submit to the word of God and authority of God. You see, we, you, you join a kingdom when you become a Christian. And in the kingdom, there's a king who rules. He has laws and regulations that, that pertains to the things of the kingdom. And if you are going to be part of the kingdom, you need to follow the rules and the regulations. And so, it's not just, I want, I like, and therefore I take. God is the one who ordained marriage. And so, if you are going to um, enter into marriage, or you're going to find a woman or whatever, you need to look at it the way that God looks at it. So, why marriage? Five biblical reasons for marriage. Number one, God ordained marriage to solve the problem of loneliness. <laughs> uh, biblical reasons for marriage. Number one, to solve the problem of loneliness. To solve the problem of loneliness. It's not good to be alone. Yeah, many people find companions because, or find wives and husbands or, or fella and banner or woman and girl because of, of the, they are lonely. Yeah, sometimes when you have food to eat, you want somebody to eat with you. So that if you have money, you want somebody to spend the money with you. Yeah, you'll be surprised that when if you have money, you would like somebody to spend the money with you. It's not good to spend money alone by yourself. You have to spread the money, yeah. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good it is not good that the man should be alone. It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. It is not good. It is not good. God, when something is not good to, the, to God, it is not good. You see, if it's not good to me, it might not be so strong. If it's not good to you, it might, it might not be so strong. But what is, what is not good to God is a very serious thing. And the Bible says that when God saw that a man was alone, he said, this is not good. This cannot be. And therefore, he brought a woman into the man's life to solve the problem of loneliness. It's because of loneliness that many people drink. From work, they go and sit somewhere, gaffing, liming. It's, it's, they are lonely. Now, to solve loneliness is not drinking. To solve loneliness it is a companion. It is somebody. Not, 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 not if you're a man, not a man. If you're a man, is a woman. If you're a woman, is a man. God's model. That's how it is. Number two, to be a help meet. To be a help meet. The same verse in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him and help meet. It is very important to understand the reason why 
God created marriage. Number one, to solve the problem of loneliness. People commit suicide because they are lonely. Number two, to make, to make what? To be a helpmate, to create a helpmate for the, for the man. Now, I always say here, and from the book, uh, Bishop says that, you know, helpmate for the, the man is real help, you know. Real help. Real help. You see that sometimes you have a woman in your life and the woman fights you down. It's amazing. The woman who says she loves you, she fights you down. She has a problem about everything you do. She has questions. This, that, 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 that. I mean, when I was talking about the book that uh, my bishop has written about pastors and their marriages, one day we had a case. There's so many cases, but this one I'll share with you. We had a case where a pastor, one of our pastors, was, you know, people came to the altar to be prayed for, like how I prayed for people last night. And then, you know, at a the point there was a young lady who was here alone. You get it? In, 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 this, in the case that I'm talking about, the pastor's wife was watching everything the pastor was doing. So as the pastor was praying for people, the pastor got to a young lady and he stayed with a young lady praying for her for a little longer. When they went home, the wife asked him why he was praying for that girl so long. What's this? <laughs> I mean, for the woman, it's like, oh, mm, you catching a thing. You what? You getting something. It's like, the whole spiritual thing has turned into some desire or some lust for somebody or some liking. It was a major fight in the house that night. How do I, if I feel in my heart that this woman needs a bit more of prayer. So when I, when I hear that in my heart, I have to come and say, sweetie, um, you know what? God is telling me to pray for this woman a little longer. You are right with it? Should, should I go ahead? Is that how the pastor should do? No, no. It means that you have become a de- you have become a demon now. You are now the one controlling your husband's work instead of God, and that's what many wives do, especially pastors, the younger ones who want to go everywhere with the pastor. Mean left me man for nobody. Mean left me man for nobody. He's a tracker. He has a tracker on the pastor's foot. Wherever you go, he's tracking you. This modern day Pentecostal has wives. They don't do nothing. Everywhere. I had a meeting with a pastor. I said, let's meet at Marriott Hotel. Let's have breakfast. And let's talk about some things. When I went, he and his wife. I said, I said to myself, oh, this is a man-to-man meeting, man. Why you bring a woman here? Me want to see no woman? Let's have a little meeting, man to man. You, you carry load. You see, you see somebody be Why? She can't stay home. She wants to see if it's true. <laughs> Marriott, you are going to meet Pat Bishop? No. I got to come. I got to come. I can't believe it. I want to see for myself. Look. No, I mean. I don't take my wife everywhere. In fact, my wife works. As I'm here, she's marking, 
She's marking a nursing examinations. The, the nurses did the examination. And she's, she's one of the examiners. She's marking papers. So she can't leave the marking and follow me. Yeah, I don't leave my preaching and follow her to go and do marking. As she's marking, I'm sitting over there. I said, Sweetie, what did that boy get there? <laughs> no, that one is a that one is round girl. That one, you mark it, that one is round. She doesn't even come home to mark papers. So when I'm also doing ministry, which is my full-time job, why is it I can't go with you to do the marking and you want to come with me to Maria and come and preach? I mean, as much as there's nothing wrong for her to come with me to Maria. When she's going to mark papers, I don't go with her. They won't even allow me inside. They say, sir, please. You can't come. It's only the woman. I said, but it's me wife. The two shall be one. I said, sir, please. Uh, no, take your Bible away. Can't walk so. Let me tell you something. In Europe, when, we, when my wife gave birth to our, our, our two daughters, I was inside the room when she was pushing the baby out. The white people want you to be there. In fact, when you go to the hospital in Europe and you want to give birth, they, they don't accept you alone as a woman. They ask, where is the man? They, they insist the man is there. Because ladies and gentlemen, it is very different when you see a child coming out of a woman. I tell you, you collapse, you collapse. You black out. I tell you, you say you're a man, go watch it. You black out. You see, in our cultures, we don't respect women because we don't see all these things. Our first daughter, my wife was cut like that. It was Easter Sunday. I was preaching and the, the doctor called me and said, if you want to come, come now because we are taking her to the theater. I was there. I mean, my phone was on. I told my assistant, you know, my wife is, is in the hospital. I can leave anytime. So when I get a call, I'm going. You continue the service. I got a call. I handed over and I rushed. When I rushed to the hospital, she was being taken into the theater. Went to the theater, big place. Was lying down there. They cut her stomach like that. And there was a nurse holding my hand. So I was asking, so why are you holding my hand? She said, boss man. Cool, cool, cool off, cool off. I said, no, but why are you, I'm okay. She said, do you know how many husbands who have collapsed here? <laughs> I said, no, I good, I good. She said, no, don't worry, don't worry, I, I got you. You know, squeezing my hand, rubbing my hand, you know, to, you know, touching me a bit. You okay? I said, I'm okay, I'm a, I'm a man of God, I good, you know. <laughs> no, she was trained as a psychologist to try and help you see. Because as they are cutting your wife's stomach, it's wild, though. You can see that, like the fat. Like that. The woman told me, he said, husbands who have blackout here in the theater, you don't have an idea. Then my second daughter, that, she came normal. When I saw her head, I said, no, that's not my child. No, that's not my child. Because you see my head, her, her head was straight like that as she was coming. Because I didn't know that it has to come like that. And then when she comes, then the head, you know, as it comes, it, it forms and it shapes up. Because your head that you have now, that's not how you came out of. No, this, this head, it, it would have spoiled somebody's uh, private things. <laughs> that big head you have there? <laughs> okay. 
So as my second daughter was coming out, I was watching. The head was fine like that. I was holding my wife, holding her hand like that. And so, when she finished, I said, why is her head so long? She, <laughs> she said, that is how it is. It's, it's, it's cartilage now. It's soft. And as she's, you know, it's going to shape up when you put the baby this side. So you have to put it this side. So, as she lies down, baby lies down, sleeps, the head shapes up. Some, some, some mothers or grandmothers who even, when they are bathing them, they take a towel and then they will they anoint the head and stretch it and make it the way it is on now, make it like that. <laughs> I didn't know. I, some people get flat head. <laughs> Too much anointing. <laughs> I learned that at the maternity one. So my wife had a, a, a surgery here in Georgetown. And after the surgery, she was what? She was in the ward recovering. And I went there. And I went inside. It was doctor's uh, time. The doctor came in with a nurse and then asked me for an excuse to leave the room. I looked at him like that. I said, excuse me? You are here and I should leave. Whose wife is that? (laughs) Then my wife said, oh no. I said, get rest yourself. The doctor, man, doctor, has come in with a nurse, girl nurse. And you is me own. I should work out. What is here that I, I shouldn't know? That they should own, I shouldn't know. What are you talking about? I said, I'm not going anywhere. I, I almost said, I made a place in their coffee. I said, no way. And then they realized that this man, he ain't, moving, he ain't going nowhere. What did they, they didn't even do anything. Just check her out, make sure that the wound was healing. Everything. I have even gone into a place before where the, the gynecologist was a male. He enjoyed it. He said, come. I, just so that you know what is happening. As you, he was putting his hand into places. I was there watching. Well, you can put your hand there and I can watch. It's, it's who thing you put your hand inside. It's me thing. <laughs> to understand what's going on. I'm a man. I can't walk in ignorance. I have to understand how women, you know, what women go through. You have a gynecological problem. It's very interesting that a woman has a gynecological problem. He goes to the the gynecologist and then the man puts a glove on his hand and then begins to go to places. I said, said, no, I mean, private property. What? (laughs) Trespassers will be prosecuted. I mean, it, it will humble you. But the, that gynecologist, he was, he was smart. He said, no, come, say, you can come, come, come. Because he didn't want to be in a room alone with my wife, and then you know what they are doing, and then you are outside imagining. So what is he doing? What is he touching? What is he touching? Is he really touching? Or he's admiring? Hey, please, Lord, I bind all demons in the name of Jesus. No, you can't. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> So he was so he, he, he was a very smart gynecologist. And I, was, and I was surprised. And it taught me something about women. Yeah. When we say come to church, stand up. When we are preaching, you won't stand up. When we go to the gynecologist, he said, open your legs and you open. He said, take off your panties and you open. 
He said, open it. And you open it. I said, you do everything he tells you. But when you come to church, stand up. You don't want to stand up. Lift up your hand. You don't want to lift up your hand. I pray for the gynecologist for you. (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. So God... Marriage is there for a helpmeet, and, and a wife comes in to help. Remember, ladies, you are not there as an opposition leader. You are not uh, 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 what uh, uh, Harmon or Aubrey Norton. You are not opposition. You are a helper, and so always be guided by what you are doing. Is it helping your husband, or is pulling him down? It's, it's obstructing him. It's making him uncomfortable. You know, one of the things that my father in the music talks about and teaches us is that women will tell you that you're a man. You don't know how women feel. Somebody said to his, his, his husband, her husband, he said, you know what? When a woman likes a man, you, you're a man, you don't know. We women, we know. Because she was accusing the husband that there's a girl who likes him and he's entertaining the girl. Pastor said, what are you talking about? And then the wife said, you men, you don't know when a woman likes you. We women, we know. Hey. Female Noah. Female Noah. <laughs> I mean, it means that any time a girl comes to talk to the pastor, you have to be there to assess whether she likes your husband or not. Is that what it's going to be? You see the confusion that will come. And so marriage is help. A woman should come into a man's life to help him. Not to break him down. Not to disappoint him. You come, you help. You can help by praying for him, having sex with him. If you refuse to have sex with your husband, who should have sex with him? I'm asking you a good question. If you say you are tired, and for all my life, 50-something years, I've never seen a private part that is tired before. Never seen one before. <laughs> Never seen one. A tired papa. Pa, uh? A tired pata cake. I've never seen some before. It's not a Chinese one. No, 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 no. God made it to be strong. So you may be tired, but the cake is not tired. Yeah, it's ever ready. because look at it if you refuse to have sex with him who should do that you see as for cooking he can get somebody to cook for him he can get somebody to wash for him we have helpers you know children cousins this this everything else the only thing somebody else can do for your husband is to lie down so when a wife refuses to open her legs because the remote is gone Remote, the battery in the remote is spoiled. So you have to help hydraulic, the hydraulics. So you have to manually move the... I mean, if we have to force you to have sex with you as a wife, you are causing a problem. Many women go out because their wives or their women are not ready and willing. You are sleeping at night, some big boxer shorts you are wearing. Tights and jeans when you are sleeping. Ah, ah, I encourage that you, might, you have to sleep like Eve when Eve was created. 
you ash <laughs> you invite you invite a lot of pr- pr- pleasure because when a husband sleeps in the night you know sometimes you wake up in the night to go and to go and pee and you coming back you see what eve what on the bed man ah! <laughs> you see you provoke the man you never lack intimacy but when you say Man, I'm tired, man. You know, the children, the walk, the this, the that. Man, man, man you, have me, you don't have no compassion on me. But you came here for that job. Why should I have compassion on you? There's no compassionate leave in this one. No timetable. Yes. So you help in those areas. You provide food. Make sure that you cook. You cook nice food. Nice. No, everyday charming, everyday charming, everyday charming. Nice food, advice, encouragement, comfort, showing hospitality, you know, housekeeping duties, helping even financially. You know, all these things are important for a woman, for a wife, to bring into a marriage to support the husband. Number three, to avoid fornication. No matter how you see it, if you are with a woman and you are not married officially, it's fornication in the sight of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. So number one is to solve the problem of loneliness. Number two, to be a helpmeet. Number three, to avoid fornication. Fornication is having sexual intercourse with a woman who is not covenanted to you. There's no covenant. In the, in, the, in the sight of God, in the word of God, you just don't do those things. So, so this is where I even bring in how the Bible days they used to live, right? You see that in, in some of our cultures, we marry without the, the father's permission, in a sense. But in the cultures of the Bible, before a woman is given to a man, the parents are involved. Because the parents, sometimes the, the children see things that are wrong, that the parents see beyond. Growing up, I was following a girl. My father called me one day and said, that girl, don't worry, she, don't worry, she. And I was surprised my father would tell me some nice girl, TikTok, big bumsy, big bobby and thing. I mean, you, you old man, you don't appreciate such things? I lived to see what he was talking about. Years, years, years later, when I met the girl, one of my visits to Ghana, the way she was, I said, hey, this was what my father was warning me against. I didn't even understand. I was so young and foolish. So marriage must not just be your idea. It is God's idea. And if you find somebody as a child, you need to involve your parents. You need to involve them. It's, it's nicer when your mother and your father are completely involved in the marriage than when it's something you, somebody you have chosen and you don't listen to anybody. You are fighting a battle you will not win. I said, you are fighting a battle you will not win. So we should get into the Bible days where parents will even follow. I have two daughters. I've told them, we're, we're joking on, on the phone the other day. They say, okay, so daddy, so if somebody says they like me, what's going to happen? I said, you live in London. You live in London? And somebody says they like you? They have to buy a plane ticket to Guyana. That's the least they can do. Do they know how you got to London? Are you an angel? You just fly. And you are in London. 
Somebody brought you into this world and sent you to London to go to school. So if somebody finds you, they should look for who is the main tree? You are the root. Who is the main tree? Who should, where do you belong? Who should I go to for such a beautiful person? That's how you behave in, in, in Christ. Abraham sent his, his, his servant in Genesis 24 to go and look for a wife for his son Isaac. When Rebecca came, Isaac had never seen her before. Those marriages are even long lasting than these ones that you see. It's only last that is moving you. You see, red woman, you get Basidi. Basidi. Ah. <laughs> ah. There's nothing substantial about your choice. It's just outward, it's just last. It's just feelings. There's nothing deep that connects you to a woman. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. So to avoid fornication, that is now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. So in the sight of God, it is fornication not to have your own Woman. Own woman means the processes that comes in, the, the, the wedding, the blessing, the witnesses, the ceremony. You, you, you see, you can't just take a woman and live with her without a ceremony. Just like you can't go to school and not graduate. If you don't graduate, you're a failure. You see how we are so excited about graduation that even nursery school, they graduate. When I came to Ghana, that's when I, I, I saw where I came from in Africa, nursery students don't graduate. You only graduate at the university. Because that is when you have accomplished something. But in our system, even from nursing school, we are graduating them. Making them feel that if you can color uh, one big ball, you are successful. You are not successful yet. If you can say R for apple, B for boy, you graduate. What kind of graduation is that? And so people are not taught to aim higher. Because from even, even, even CXE, whether you fail or you don't fail, you graduate. Do you know who those who graduated at secondary school? Those who pass CXE. You have to make the difference so that those who don't make it will learn. But we treat everybody the same. So there's no respect for certain things. If you go to university and you don't pass, you don't graduate. But so the ceremony of wearing the gown and everything, go, you take your certificate, it's, it's an important part of the end of your program. It is the same way for marriage that you go through counseling and at the end of the counseling, you come to the altar with your suit or whatever, the lady with her gown, we pray for you, we give you a marriage certificate. It's also part of the process. You respect graduation from the world, but you don't respect graduation from the church. And it is actually in the church that you need approval more. You need, God's appro- you need God's approval in your marriage. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have God in your marriage, your marriage is nothing. If you don't have God, if you're a Christian, you think that you and your woman, you are okay without God. I wish you well. Marriage that God made, and you have come to a thief, a part of it, and you don't want God's permission in it? Who thieves something from somebody without permission? And somebody like God. So you need that respect to come before God in the presence of witnesses, and do the oath. Say to one another, I love you, I take you as my wife, I take you as... It's very important. Don't say it's money and you got no money. Graduation, you know how much graduation count costs for nursery people? Her parents buy graduation count for nursery, somebody who just learns how to color a book? 
put pictures on Facebook. Hey, my, my granddaughter is graduating. Graduating in what? Coloring book? It's an achievement. Yet, we Christians wouldn't take a woman boldly into the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, please, I love her. I want to marry her. Can you please help us? Pastor, please, will you pray for us? It's very humble. And that is the right path. To avoid fornication, it's important that these things are done in the church. Like I said, if you won't do it, we will not, we will not push you out. We will not say you are different. We won't say you are bad, you are ugly, or you are a demon. We won't say those things. But we know that you are not living according to the book. Yes, and we always take note of that. So in, in our church, for example, one of the things I do as a form of, to make a difference, I, 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 I offer up all the children. Any child who wants to be offered up, we do that. Recently, I've realized that I shouldn't offer up children. Uh, uh, children. I, offer, I should offer up babies. Some people, they allow their children to grow. Four years, five years, they're asking to offer them up. When we are praying for them, they are taking your hand off their head. Like, they take your hand and say, why are you touching me? Take your hand off my head. <laughs> right at the altar. So I said, I won't pray for children. I'll pray for babies. As for baby, when I put my hand on the head, baby won't take my hand off. What kind of child is, you go here four years, you taking pastor's hand off his head. What kind of demons they put a child? <laughs> Yeah, so I'll just pray for the child, but I will not dedicate the child because it's already dedicated to something. I don't know. <laughs> and it's also to teach the parents to do it early. Don't wait for six now. Oh, six years now, you realize that your child needs prayer. It's already things have already entered a child. <laughs> so, if you are not married in our church and you get pregnant and you have a baby, we we'll pray for the. We we'll do the offering up of the child in your house, not in a church. If we do it in a church, we do it in the office. Are you following? When you are married, we bring you on stage. And we say, come with all your family. Dress in white. This, that's everybody. Put your cap. They will take pictures. I put on my nice bishop dress. They will take fancy picture. But if you live home, if it's a fella or a banner or whatever, we'll do it at the back there. Just to create a difference between those who are doing what God wants them to do and those who are not doing it. You have to create a difference. People who fail exams are not moved forward. People who pass exams are moved forward. Make a difference. Otherwise, you will not be leading the people well. You have to make a difference with those who are following God and those who are not following God. You love all of them the same, but when it comes to ceremonies and procedures, you have to make a difference. Are you with me? God, makes, God loves all of us, but he makes a difference between those who serve him and those who don't serve him. Are you, are you with me? So, if you are, because one of the things about the child mothers, when they give birth, what we do is that the parents come up. Jo- Joseph and Mary took Jesus to the temple on the eighth day for his circumcision. So, when we say that, okay, so where is a man? Then the woman will say, he did in the bush. So say, ah, how come you can't get him to come for baby dedication? Say, man, pastor, I know, man. Then I ask myself, so how was he able to do this thing with you? And now all of a sudden, coming to church to pray for the child, he ain't able to come. 
I said, I ain't there upon stupidness. So if you go and sex somebody, you get pregnant. Who, who pray for the baby? Inside the office. So you learn. Next one, don't go and do that. Live right. As a pastor, as an agent of God, I have to bring, I, I have to open your eyes about certain things. I, I can't force you. I can't do, but I have to, I have to be able to channel things in a certain way. That's what we do in our church. Weddings, we can do private ones. We can do weddings in the office. You come on a Monday. There are weddings we all can do on a Sunday. Everybody is there. Different forms. I can even come to your house for a wedding. Now, what, we, what, what, what the people in, in the country has led me to do is that many people don't like to go through the book. They're in a hurry. So I tell them, if you can't go through the book, I'll call one of my reverend to, to, to pray for you. Me? I'll not pray for you. If you want me to pray for you, this is the program. This is the diploma. You have to get a diploma in modern marriage. Then I'll do the whole thing nice, big for you. If you are in a hurry, like what most people tell us pastors, they come and tell you, Pastor, I, want, I, I get married next month on me, on me, on me, board day. The pastor doesn't have anything to say. Me, I have something to say. You didn't call me to be a pastor. You didn't ordain me. You didn't anoint me. You can't come and take my hand and put on your relationship. I will not allow that. It's me hand. It's not you hand. So, you get married next week? Congratulations. Go to the city hall. Go to the post office. Go to the pundit who's a marriage officer. He'll marry you. Not me. Because I will not be, I will not be led into something like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm the one God called. I'm the one who's going to ask. I'm the one who's going to hold accountable for the things I'm doing. And I don't allow children to lead me. I am, I'm going to lead children. How many of us will allow your child to lead you in the house? Daddy, good morning. Daddy, come, come, let me go to school. You pack your bags and you go and sit in the school with a child. No. Even the child. You, t- you take the child to the school. By the time they catch themselves, they have gone to schools that they didn't have a choice in. You chose the school for them. And in the church, the church members are rather pulling it. No, 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 you can't pull. You cannot pull me. So if you are in a hurry, fine. No problem. I asked one of my pastors to bless a relationship for you. Simple. My face, you will not see my face. I started doing this because one day I didn't used to make differences between marriages and all of that. One day, a couple in the church, they were getting married. The bride came one and a half hours after the agreed time. One and a half hours. That was the day I called my pastor. I said, Reverend Ralph, he said, yes, Bishop. I said, are, are, you, are you okay? Have you eaten? You're all right? You had breakfast? I want to do a wedding. You bathe? He said, Bishop, I ain't bathe. I said, don't bathe. Don't worry, don't bathe. Put on your, your, your shirt and your collar. Come to church now. And lives about 10, 15 minutes away from the church. I said, come now. I want you to do a wedding for me. I refused to go down one and a half hours later when the bride came. I said, it's so much disrespect to me, I will not do it. But because the day is planned, people are here, guests are here, I can't walk out. It will be something else. Like Moses who broke the Ten Commandments. So I said, I have a reverend here. He will do it for you. So he came. He blessed the wedding and everything. And then after they gave him an offering, he didn't bring it to me. He took the offering. <laughs> no, he said, they give me an offering. So, oh, no, no, this offering is for you. 
They didn't even see my face. Meanwhile, I was the one who was going to officiate the wedding. I didn't show my face. I, I stayed in my office until they all left. You can't disrespect me like that. One and a half hours? Even after the wedding, not so long after, they don't even come to church anymore. They finished. They're done. Done with the church. Done. Gone, gone with the wind. I should, I should, I should come and bless your marriage and then two weeks later you don't come back to church. You are disrespectful. And I will not be disrespected by anybody. So I have pastors who you can disrespect, but not the, high, the, the head you cannot. You can disrespect the leg, the hand, but if you disrespect the head, you go mad. You'll be naked walking on the road. So you can't disrespect the head. And so I take myself out of situations because some Guyanese in town, they like to do all kinds of crazy stuff. So all these years, I've learned to pastor to make some differences in people. In childbearing, people get pregnant, all those kinds of things. That's how Moses led the people and gave them laws because of their ways. So sometimes you have to make a difference in, in, in trying to minister to people. You have to also teach them that, hey, this, that, 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 you can't do this, you can't do that. That's what the Apostle Paul told the church in Corinth, that women should not speak in the church. It doesn't mean that a woman can't speak. A woman can't be a pastor. But the women in the church in Corinth, their mouth was too hot. Pepe, pepe mouth. So, you know, so it got to a point that it was so disturbing in the church. So the apostle said, you know what? I don't allow a woman to speak. Sometimes you have to make a difference. And then at the point, they, were used, they used to come to church with their wigs. When they are singing praises, they say, hallelujah. Then the apostle said, next time, everybody, cover your head. Put something over your head. Don't cover your don't everybody cover your head. Don't come here with your wig and be throwing it. That's how those things came into be. So people say, Well, the Bible says that you should cover your head. If you are not making anything wrong with your hair in the presence of God, there's no need to cover it. Otherwise, all of you shouldn't be here. <laughs> but certain, yeah, certain rules in were, were put in place because of how the people were behaving. And that's how an apostle behaves. You teach the people a certain way of living. Number four, finally, to have children. Children should be come out in marriage. Those of you who have children and you are not married, you know how it is. It's hard. It's hard. It's not easy to make children without a husband. When you're in the world, you're pushing the baby, you're hollering. Who are you hollering to? Holler, holler, shut your mouth. Hollering, hollering, oh Lord, oh God, where are you there? Where are you there? That stupid man, where are you there? He mother something, where are you there? Where's the man? Where's the man? You married yet? He gone. To have children. Children making is so complex. You see, human beings think we are so smart. We can do everything the way we like. Until we realize that life is not easy. We are disobedient. To conceive. When my wife was pregnant for the first time, my wife was the first out of her generation to get married. So there was a lot of battles. When she got pregnant for the first time, nightmares. We'll be sleeping in the night. She'll jump up. I said, what's going on? I had this nightmare. Somebody was juking my stomach with a knife. Hey. Then I wake up. Lord, we bind. We lose. Then we fall asleep. If you get pregnant without a husband and you dream and somebody's juking your belly, who are you going to? The pastor? Of course. The pastor sex you, so you go to the pastor, right? That's why you don't do these things without a covenant. 
Because children, bringing forth children into this world, the two are needed and they are necessary. There's two are better than one. The, the, the bringing forth of children must, according to the word, come through marriage. We are all here as witnesses. All of us who have done that ever, we know how problematic it is. One day somebody said, a man went to marry a woman with his children and he, she also had children. So the man has children, the woman has children, and they got married. And they gave birth to one child. So one day the children were fighting in the house. And then the man, I think the woman went to the man and said, Sweetie, your children and my children are fighting with our children. <laughs> they are beating our children. <laughs> The older children were fighting. So the woman came and said, Sweetie, your children, my children, are beating our child. It's not a riddle, it's a real thing. You can see the complexity in the children who are in the house. If you are giving food, you have to be careful because one will say that you don't like them. Because he's not your real child. Step homes, step children, it's a very complex thing in life. But that's what God says. Marriage he, marriage, he put marriage in place for the sake of children. Many children grow up hating their father. Why their father didn't marry their mother? As if your mother was an angel. <laughs> your mother is not an angel. But children grow up not understanding it because their children have come and now it's a problem. So to have children is one of the things God built a solid foundation for children to be born into and to grow up in. I'm sure, I'm sure what I'm saying. How many agree with what I'm saying? To have children without a husband, going to the clinic, even it is so romantic to, for your husband to hold your bag when you're going to the clinic with your big stomach like that. As you're going, you can't even climb the stairs. And your husband is holding your lady's handbag like he, she's a woman and then she's holding your hand. It's so romantic. But what are you going to do when your stomach is big? And then you get no money going up the stairs. They say, hey, but, but, uncle, uncle, please, but, but, come help me now. Come help your little sister. Now. Am I able? <laughs> you able? <laughs> what punishment have you got to put on yourself? We don't think about all of these things. Once we are giving birth, we, we are okay. I have a child, me child, me child. The child doesn't have a father. When they go to school, if you live in a certain environment, when they go to school and their fathers are picking them up, the child's father never picks him up. As he looks around, he's wondering, what happened to me? Where my father? You got to ask your mother, where your father there? Complexities. So we have to be wise and follow God's plan for marriage. And you see that as much as things will be difficult, it is still a bit more stable than the ones that are not together. Put your hands together for the Lord and please stand. Wow. I tried to do it quick, but it didn't work. <laughs> God bless you. Give Jesus a bigger, bigger hand clap. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for our time here in Madia. Thank you for your people. Lord, you spoke to me and you told me that wherever I go, you leave your presence there in a different way. 
let the light for the lost assembly of God here in Madia experience God Almighty walking through this church this couple of hours we've been here. Let your manservant, Reverend Keith, experience and encounter the difference in us coming through here. Thank you for the life. The Bible says it's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing. Let the spirit that has quickened lives in this church remain long after we are gone. I pray for him. I pray for strength. Let the fire continue to burn. Let that fire continue to burn. The fire that caused him to rise up to lead and pioneer this work here. Let the fire remain. I pray for his family, his wife, his children, his grandchildren, the family at large. Lord, let your covering, your preservation be their portion. I pray you bless him even now more than you have blessed him before. I pray the Lord you make him see fruitfulness more than he has seen in his life. I pray that encounters with you will increase more than before. I pray that this church will continue to rest on solid ground and that the building, the projects, and everything will move on speedily because your glory, your presence has passed through here. I pray for the church, that Lord, the church will indeed be be obedient to the words that have been spoken here. The Bible says, the sower went out to sow. Let the seeds that have been sown here indeed be fruitful. Let the good words fall on good soil. And let practically, let this church and this leadership experience the good things that, Lord, you want your church to experience. I pray for the other ministries, other pastors that are represented here, I pray. That, Lord, you pour rain on their churches. You pour rain on their churches. That the churches will grow. The churches will multiply. The churches will be fruitful. That they will go to villages and they will go to islands and they will go deeper. Lord, those of us who have not been able to come here and you have brought them here, take them deeper and further to reach out to all the villages that are here. Use them mightily. For your word says you will not come until the word of the kingdom has preached to every corner of the world. Let them fulfill prophecy. Lift them up. Bring money into their churches and their ministries. Bring money into their churches and their ministries. I pray, Lord, that you, that you position financiers in these churches. In this church here, and the churches that are represented, position, bring together people who will find it so easy to give money to support your work. Release those into these churches in the name of Jesus. Above all, I pray for the anointing, the oil, the Holy Spirit to come upon them and upon their ministries. The paracletos, the one who's called by the side of another to help. Let him come, help, comfort, guide, lead, teach these ministries. When we hear of them, let us hear of good things. When we hear of them, let us hear of positive things. When we hear about them, let us hear of the goodness and the greatness of God Almighty. Thank you for what you have done in these few sessions here in Madia. To you alone be the glory. To you alone be the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, and somebody shouted, Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, give it up, give it up for Jesus. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's Word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.